The Bills have a new stadium. NFL overtime rules have changed in the postseason. The Sabres may or may not make a run to the Cup next season. Some thoughts on the March Madness Final Four and some hot takes, trivia, and more. After this, this is the Buffalonian Podcast. Once again, they call me Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. Skin them up, him them, sew them up in those kilts. Up in those kilts. Up, up in those kilts. Man, you don't want to go up in those hills. Up in those hills. Up, up in those hills. You better be where they clear Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. This is the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Kelly, along with Dominic Loss and Michael Marino. How you doing today, guys? Pretty good, pretty good. Classic Western New York weather on this fine Tuesday Tuesday night. What, cold? It was sunny today. It, the, the sun kind of felt nice, not gonna lie. It was, it was a nice to not have to... You know what I'm sick of wind. about this weather? You wash your car, then you end up with salt all over it yeah. right after the next snowfall. And it's yeah. like you just wasted... Granted, two seventy five at a quarter one, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> still adds up in the end, you know. But no, this you know what this this weather reminds me of? Kind of reminds me of football weather, you know. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah. And speaking of football, like Bills, more than likely getting a new stadium. Yeah, but, not but, just but, more than likely. That that's confirmed. They're they're getting it. Um, twenty twenty six. I want to say. 2020. Yeah, they hope by the season opener in 2026, uh, they signed a 30-year agreement, 30-year lease, I should say, with uh, uh, Archer Park, so that's very exciting. It's going right across the street from the old one. And whoever wanted to put it in downtown Buffalo, let me just tell you, that was the worst idea I've ever heard. Oh, I, I agree. That was... 100%. You can, the Sabres games, no offense to anyone who has you know, season tickets or anything like that, have had record low attendances, and it's still almost a nightmare getting out of there at times. you got to wait for the traffic. Depends on the way you go, you know? Yeah, some people here like to take the Skajakwita all the way. and you I'm know, telling you, man, if it's busy, sold-out event, that's the way to go. But, you know, it just wasn't. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> when it's, you know, 8,000. No, let's add, tw- let's add 20 minutes to the trip. That, that's a great okay, idea. Okay, okay, boys, 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 we're getting sidetracked. The second most important thing... For the Bills in the stadium, no dome. They're going to try and do what the, what's that team in the Premier League? Tottenham. Yeah, the stadium's going to be built, like, based off of that. Have, yeah. you, have you ever seen that stadium? I saw it's beautiful. images of it. It's I saw a picture nice. of it, yeah. It's very nice. It's uh, definitely nice. You won't have to worry about ice and snow-covered seats in the mm-hmm. 300s as, as often. Granted, some still going to break through, but yeah. it's not going to be completely covered, like, uh, Monday night game that was a little that was a little tough you know uh, that, that, a little, you know, little chilly yeah, a little chilly especially when game. you know we can't even punt a, punt the ball away with uh, yeah. <clears throat> Mad Hawk but that, that's fine <laughs> Mister Corey in a, in a sense I don't think a, um, a dome would be that good because I mean, takes away from the culture just, in my opinion yeah and yeah. it's just an added expense like sure you can get some events here like in the winter say like some concerts or you know I'm a big uh, dirt bike. Uh, advocate. So. I thought you were going to say Dua Lipa, guys. She was here a couple <laughs> no, weeks ago. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, so you can get like some events like that here during the winter when there's snow. Yeah. So I, I think mean, it's a good move. I think they should stay in Orchard Park and leave it open. Well, it's going to take them 30 to 32 uh, months to start the construction. They're still taking a couple months to do the final uh, rendering of the whole thing. So that's one of the more exciting news. I think another exciting news is I, the overtime. I just kind of said one thing to the stadium. Yes, sir. So do you think it's a mistake... If you like, you look at say SoFi Stadium and you see all the development around it for fan experience, or you look at the Atlanta Braves and see all the stuff they have around the stadium, is it a mistake if the Bills don't build that around it and it's just parking lot? 
are they missing out on no, no. tailgate yeah bill's culture is all about tailgating you can't populate outside of there it's also you know it gets pretty rowdy before games and yeah. you know i mean having gone to quite a few it's you, you don't really miss anything. Gone through your fair share of tables. Listen, as a two no, Buffalonian, <laughs> tailgating is where it's at. Yeah. No, absolutely. I guess another thing on the docket today that we, uh, I guess, learned is that by a 29-3 vote, uh, there will now be processions for both teams in the postseason. Who were you overtime. thinking those three owners were? It was uh, Miami, Cincinnati, and I Kansas believe, City. No, I believe it was Chicago, <laughs> if you look that up, Mike. I believe someone tweeted. Could have been Robert Kraft. Though. I know it was Miami and Cincinnati. I, the, mm-hmm. the third team is a blank for me, but you know it, that would have made an impact for the Bills. I still think the Bills. You know, I don't know about that. I don't know about this season if that would have made the biggest impact. I feel like both teams would have scored, and then Kansas City still would have gotten the ball back and at gone the end right of the day, down for at a the touchdown. End of the day, I think that's the most important lesson to learn is that the Bills, if they didn't, if they just got to stop at thirteen seconds, and that's why Leslie Frazier's not a head coach right now, in my opinion. I, I think. If he stopped that in 13 seconds, he would have gotten well, taken right away. Well, to reempt, well, I just uh, add to your point it was the Bengals, Dolphins, and Vikings. Vikings, I knew. I, th- I, I was about to say Detroit. Well, you know, talking about that defense, the Bills, they get Von Miller. Yeah, big deal. Mind blown. Was not expecting to see that. Um, you know, I, I every report I saw, he was um, either Ram or Cowboy. either Ram Cowboy or even going back to Denver. I saw a couple of those. Like he wanted to go back home, but. Um, Within 24 hours, he was already here. He was he was touring the stadium he, right away. Well, as Ian Rappaport said, you know the Bills are the mystery team. You know, no one can quite figure out what they're doing. They're just going to be the team that's in the mix that no one knows. So you do have to give do. credit to the culture they built because you see people want to play here. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a big name player that wanted to be here. Well, because yeah. you see, because of a man named Joshua Allen, and then you see someone like a Shaq Lawson, a Jordan Phillips, even Who are back. Matt Barkley. That they yeah. want to come back. Swinging his poncho Jameson, on the sideline James once again. Crowder taking a cheap contract. O.J. Howard, I think, taking a cheaper Beasley, contract. Beasley, good riddance, in my opinion. Well, they replaced him with Crowder. Beasley had a down year compared to last year. Same thing with Crowder. Crowder's and I a little think bit more injured, it though. gave them a peace of mind letting Beasley go when McKenzie came in and did what he did, but better in every way. Well, you know, let's Yards after McKenzie, catch. McKenzie, I would say, is more of that Swiss Army knife well, yeah. compared to Beasley. Well, the second time we played New England, they were not expecting that, and he absolutely exploded. You're not doing end-arounds and all that with Beasley. Well, let's let's talk about some of the more underrated. What do you guys think is the most underrated move that the Bills made? Underrated? Not Fob Miller. That's the big splash. No. That's, yeah, that's not an underrated move there. I mean, honestly, Barkley... Coming back, I feel like, you know, he's if you've read anything about him, people aren't people are always like, ah, I'd rather have Trubitsky now. You know what I mean? Which no doubt you would rather have Trubitsky, but we also have um Case, Case Keenum. Keenum. Well, I think that is the most underrated move to your point. I would yeah, yeah, the because, two quarterbacks, I would because say. Because I think when it first got announced that Mark Barkley, he sent that uh Well, that wasn't even of, announced. He just wanted well, it. He like, just that sent was, that yeah. image of Buffalo and originally I was like, Oh, you know, it's a cool move. I like that he fits into the Davis Webb role, and uh, you know Case Keenum. They only got a set, they only had to trade away a seventh round pick to get a backup. Now Case Keenum is not going to win the Bills Super Bowl. If Josh Allen hey, goes, think about that uh, no, Minneapolis no, miracle, no. man. If Josh Allen gets injured, dude, I think Ty- I thought Tyrod Taylor was coming. If Josh Allen is injured <laughs> and out for the season, they have no chance to win the Super Bowl. But if Josh, somehow, that's not true. If Josh gets Look dinged up, yeah, what are you talking about? You can't what ever count Kurt someone Warner out. With I, the Rams. I, okay, are we really comparing Case Keenum to those guys? I'm yes. just saying, Kurt Warner was an Case afterthought. Listen, Case Keenum, nice Baker backup. Mayfield, which He's one a... would you rather have on the Browns as your quarterback? Case Keenum. 
No, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, healthy yeah. Baker Mayfield. But besides the point, Case Keenum allows the Bills, if Josh gets dinged up, to maybe rest him for a game and still think you have a great opportunity to win with this great yeah, roster. Yeah, whereas Trubisky, he could have Trubisky. come in. And, well, Trubisky, I'd be more confident that he'd take us through the playoffs, True. I'm going to be honest with you. True. He'll kick it up in Pittsburgh, Like, though. you have an a, a yeah, other than I, the Keenum one? I think you guys are forgetting um, a pretty big one. Uh, he played for Tennessee last year. And Roger Saffold, the guard. Oh, yes, sir. Um, I think that's pretty underrated because if you look at our offensive line, we had a lot of different combinations. Well, yeah, Saffold, they kept moving everyone around. Exactly. Yeah. I think Saffold brings some consistency. And the snowman. I, I believe he's a left guard. So putting him in between Dawkins and a newly extended Morse should solidify that left side. For yeah. Like and they games. brought back um, Bucker and... And Bates. Bates. I think their line's going to be much better, oh, especially for Ryan Bates. Yeah. Mm. I like, actually, my underrated pickup is Crowder. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, he's a Jets wide receiver. The Jets suck. You know what I mean? Which, no doubt, the Jets are going nowhere fast. Zach Wilson is not the answer. It's been clearly, clearly figured that out. But um, Crowder's the only receiver, if you watch that two games against the Bills, that really did much against our defense. And he's that slot receiver that replaces Beasley, but also works with McKenzie. Absolutely, absolutely. A lot of, I think the Bills had a very sneaky underrated offseason. I think when we talk about the best move, I think it's impossible not to say Von Miller. But I also say a very good move. Yeah, get Jerry Hughes out of here. Get Von Miller here. Or Peach, Peach and go into the Deion Dawkins jersey now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would also like to put Tim Settle in the conversation for best move. Uh, he had to sit behind Jonathan Allen into Ron Payne for Jones tackle and Matt Adiades. Um Him now getting more playing time. You know, the Bills have been struggling with the run defense, getting him, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, um, I think is really going to allow the Bills to be better on that side of the run defense and help keep Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds uh, clean. So one more question before we move on to the next topic. Uh, what do you guys think was the most important loss of the offseason? They didn't lose a ton of people, but obviously Mitch moves on, Levi. I would, say, I would say Trubisky, honestly. I, I mean, I know I brought this up already, but he was the guy, you know, he's definitely – Underrated as a quarterback, in my opinion, Matt Nagy's system completely failed him. I think and 2018 I, Coach of the Year. Man. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Where is he now? He's fired. He's he's on his couch. Um, but I think he was the guy who could come in and do Allen's job, not to the same extent, but still fit right into that offense. I mean, I don't know enough about Case Keenum to know, but I feel like I would have been more comfortable with Trubisky behind the helm. I feel like that's a loss. Absolutely, especially with the way Allen runs and has the possibility of getting injured you know what i mean like it the peace of mind is kind of gone you know well you know when you look at this topic i mean trubisky gets replaced by keenum crowder replaces beasley all that defense interior defensive line that we've talked about really replaces Terrence phillips the only guy that really hasn't been replaced yet has been levi wallace i mean we'll discuss that when we talk a little bit next topic about the well, draft wallace is gone yeah, That's we haven't replaced them. Oh. We have Dane, oh, yeah. Dane Jackson. We have Dane Jackson. Mm-hmm. We have Travis White that we don't even know is going to be healthy to be in the year. So, uh, he won't. They said November. I, I, I think the most important loss right now is Levi strictly because of the unknown of the cornerback position. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. More of the Buffalonian podcast right after this. Here at the Buffalonian podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. Um, if you are interested... Feel free to follow us on Instagram at buffalonian underscore pod and um, DM us any information. And our email is also in the description as well for any business hearings. Um, And also, if you're just listening and would like to comment or ask questions or have us talk about something, a topic on the next show, feel free to DM us and uh, let us know. And if it fits in with the next episode, we will for sure get to it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening.
All right, so I've actually been looking forward to this part. Um, so for everybody listening now, these two, Joseph and Dominic, they're going to get in a little debate here. We're going to see, you know, who comes out on top. Like, who do you agree with at home? I mean, I'm interested to see who's going to come out on top here. So the Bills draft. Joe, what do you think the Bills should do Corner. when it comes to the draft? Corner, no doubt. As we said immediately... Levi Wallace is one of the biggest losses on the Bills, and we don't have the cap space to sign another big cornerback right now, so let's get a guy on a rookie contract who's halfway decent, and there you go. Doesn't even have to be top. I mean, we could, but our pick isn't going to be great. So um, so with that, I mean, do you think anyone in particular will fall to 25 that you'd want to take? You'd be content with? See, the top cornerbacks I don't think will. We're going to have to like scrounge for someone or trade up, but... Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, Dominic over here, what's your draft? I think it's pretty simple. The Bills, well, I think their biggest need is at the cornerback position. Should go BPA. I ask you this, Joe. Would you rather have, if Jordan Davis somehow fell to us, would you take him or a cornerback? I would personally pick cornerback. I, I, I go necessity I over. Like, what would you do? I mean, Jordan Davis falls, I'm taking Jordan Davis. Would you that take, man is a freak athlete. Would you take Tyler Lindebaum or cornerback? That... I might take a corner. Okay. Because I, I trust our offensive line. Would right you now. take Jamison Williams or a cornerback? I'd take a corner over Jamison Williams. Really? Yes. The possibility. I think I think the problem is the Bills need a second quarterback. Listen, especially for the beginning my, of the here's season. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. I agree with Joe that, yes, cornerback is a huge need. It'd be nice to get someone to develop next to Trey. They can shadow Trey, even shadow Dane in a sense. You know, they have time to groom. But. I like your approach of BPA because I feel like you can. There are still people out there that you can target. What if you were to trade for, say, a James Brown? Right, and I can understand that, but well, 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 it comes down to this: the Bills have the twenty-fifth pick, and they have the fifty-seventh overall pick. They have, I think, eight picks. I don't know if you want to check that. They have eight picks in the draft. Brandon Bean is not afraid to trade up. I think there's an opportunity for them to get a Jameson Williams. Get a Zion Johnson, a Tyler Lindebaum with the twenty fifth pick, and he's not afraid to trade up early in the second round. He did this for Zay Jones and Cody Ford. Now I, I know now those, where they go. I know those two examples are not great, but I mean the cornerback position I think is a very deep position. I know Sauce Gardner won't be there, Derek Stanley, but look at Anthony Boo. The history of drafting a cornerback. Well, they drafted Jimmy Davis. White. They did. Well, the, I believe look at what we got in Dane in seventh, seventh round. round. Right, they can turn. Levi was undrafted. Cam mm-hmm. Lewis had a very good stint. He was undrafted. The scheme of Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott is very cornerback friendly with a good tackling corner that can do zone. Kyler Gordon is a very good uh, Washington corner that I think is going to be available in the second round. His partner in crime, Trent McDuffie, could also be available in the second round when they had, they had to trade up. I, don't, I think if there's a player on the board that I think is can't miss, Jordan Davis, Wyatt from uh, his running make at Georgia, or one of those top offensive linemen or wide receivers, I think the Bills would be wise to I don't think the Bills need any more wide receivers. Yes, they do. No, I I think they do. What's their third outside wide receiver right now? You've got Diggs. Okay. You've got Sanders is gone. All right. You've got Davis. Okay, that's two. Crowder and... uh, Slot. I know, I know. Slot Gadget. It would be Isaiah Hodgins or Jake Kumaro. That's my point, too. My point is there, too. Wide receiver, a third outside wide receiver is actually a very sneaky need for the Yeah, Bills. you can trade for... I, I don't think you're going to trade for a good cornerback because they are... They could trade up. They're, this cornerback class is deep. 
Same thing with this wide receiver class, but there's some top talent. I don't think it really matters if the Bills pick a cornerback 25th, say they did like trade up to like 37. I don't think that 12 spot gap is really going to matter that much for the Bills. Think about this. Look at what the Chiefs just did with Tyreek Hill. He's one of the best receivers in the game, but they traded him. Thinking about the future, the long haul, you know, he's getting older. We can't justify paying him this much when we're already paying Mahomes as much as we are. So let's trade him now, get the picks, bring in a young guy. Do you think, I, I'm not saying this can happen, but if Stefan Diggs has another year where he's one of the top receivers and he wants the $30 million. They're not negotiating his contract yet. After the I, season. They are. Ben Bean said he is a little Do a little you bit, think, but... though, we would be willing to get rid of Diggs if we take a receiver this yes. year? Yes. Or next Possibly. Year? It comes down to the fact of this. I love Diggs. It comes, I, I it really comes do. down to this fact. What does Josh Allen want? And what is the 2022 Bills, what is their final result? If they win the Super Bowl, I think maybe that leads towards that. If they don't... It's clear what Josh Allen wants. The Chiefs have their Super Bowl. Yeah. The Bills do not. It's hard for me to imagine them trading away Stephon Diggs. Now, the cap is going to continue to go up. Bean is an absolute wizard of this. There's more coupons, they say, that he could clip a extending admins to save money or something like that. So I think they would... Tremaine needs to play better if he wants to stick around. That's, That's also accurate. But, again, I, I think BPA allows them to get the best player available that can play on their team right now, and then in the second round be able to get a corner, and you have a nice rotation of a solid cornerback, Dane Jackson, Trey White, Terry Johnson in the slot, develop Cam Lewis some more, who I think could be a very solid death piece as well. And I don't. I still think they're not done. I think they might add a veteran cornerback. I don't think they're going to trade for Bradbury. His cap is too much. But I, I wouldn't be opposed to getting like a cheap uh, veteran that wants to be like Jameson Crowder does in the slot for the Bills. See, the thing is, though, with cornerbacks, in my opinion, and signing one with the cap space we have right now, it the league being so offense-heavy and deep pass-heavy, Look at the whole AFC. Herbert, Allen, Russell Wilson now. Derek Carr bombs it. You know what I mean? Like, every every quarterback throws deep. You need a good cornerback. But that's they, what I'm if, saying. If, if, like, if this team has proven that they could take any cornerback and make them productive in their scheme, wouldn't it be wiser to pick a position that, they've, that they could use, a la an interior offense lineman? Roger Stafford's only signed for one year. And Ryan Bates. Old. Ryan Bates is a nice player. Four-year contract. Nice player. Same thing with Bucker, but they're, they're ba- still they're backups. Yes, they're still. I would say Bucker's more of a backup. Bates had a good run, but he's unproven still. He's only had a six-game run of him actually starting. Well, he's only twenty-five, so I think it'd be wise for the Bills to go BPA. I'm not saying BPA. BPA might be a cornerback. Anthony Booth. If Anthony Booth falls them, and mm-hmm. they're like, well, he's number one on the board. They could still take a cornerback. I'm not disagreeing with that. But I would say if there's other options, and with Bean's ability to trade up, possibly in the second round, I think BPA is the best move. No, I can understand that. That's for sure. I still, if the BPA is a cornerback, or it's like between a running back is the BPA or a cornerback, I'd take the cornerback. Absolutely. There's, mm-hmm. there's definitely some arguments. But the wide receiver, I can understand you going for. That's it matters for sure. who's available and how's the cornerback. Absolutely. Um... So that was an intense debate. Uh, let us know what you guys think, what the Bills should do in the draft. And we'll be on to the next topic right now. Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. 
Um, if you are interested, feel free to follow us on Instagram at buffalonian underscore pod and um, DM us any information. And our email is also in the description as well for any business hearings. Um, and also, if you're just listening and would like to comment or ask questions or have us talk about something, a topic on the next show, feel free to DM us and uh, let us know. And if it fits in with the next episode, we will for sure get to it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. And now we transition from the Buffalo Bills. We're back. We are back. And we're transitioning from the Buffalo Bills to the Red Hot Buffalo Sabres. In the first red time, and black jerseys. First next year time too. since 1989, they came back from a four goal episode and won, and they won in regulation last night. First time in Chicago since 2007. Now, let's be honest. Did any of us watch that game after it was 4 nothing? Uh, I did not. No. I tuned in on my phone when it got close again. Hey, hey yeah. does it count if I watch the re air this afternoon? I'll give you after knowing, no, after knowing the result, yeah, I would give 50% on that, yeah. I made sure to watch that third period. You gave, you gave an effort. Well, let's first, let's first talk about these red-hot Buffalo Sabres. Uh, obviously, Tate Thompson scoring the, maybe the strangest goal I've ever seen in my entire life. That was an amazing goal. His stick blows up. He's skating back to the bench. Next thing you know, bounces off the boards, off Lankinen's left skate, left skate, and in the net. And it took him three swings to break his stick. So that's a pretty durable goalie stick right there. I think it's just a weak man. I, I mean, showing his temper like that? Are you kidding me? Like, I, I get it, man. You you lost that's it That's a very jackalical thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Former Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, champion. yeah. What are we? What are we doing here? Well, let's throw a temper tantrum like we're five. Well, Darlene had a dominant game. Cousins looked well. Tuck played well. Tuck's amazing. He's getting a C on the jersey Listen, next Granado year. Granado did a great job of changing up the line in the second period. Dude, Donnie boy, he's I'm not not just the line second period. The team as a whole, the way he's well, going. Anything they're actually Ralph. no, they're playing. Wreck it, Ralph. They're playing. They're not in a system per se. They're having fun yeah. and playing a game. Like they're, that's that's building, what it's all about. He's building the system around his players and their skill sets. The McDermott style for the Bills, I think. It's well, like why, the same thing. That's yeah. why you see Jeff Skinner have twenty seven goals now. Yeah. And he's like, Where he's people still are arguing, you know, was he really, really overpaid? But now he's like, Oh, he's overpaid, but it's like Alposo. He's, he's improving. Alposo's six million dollars. If he was making three million dollars, he wouldn't be as because he's a good bomb six forward. Right. Same thing of Jeff Skinner. If he was now, making four point five. Alposo is fourth on the team I do have is he really how many points he had? Uh, he is at 38 points with 17 goals and 21 assists. Darn, I did not even know that. Games. How many, what's his career high with the Sabres? Isn't it like 45? Can you check that? Of course I will check that. I do have, while he's checking that, I do have a question for you guys. Do you think the Pagoulas will stay the owners of the Sabres? Yes. yes. I think that was just a rumor. So obviously, before that game, I mean, they they now, I believe, a six-game point streak, or it might be seven. I, I forget what they, but they did have five straight games go into overtime. Or I remember a couple years back, the 11-game win streak. 10-game win streak. 10-game win streak. Sorry. Okay, Thinking okay. about the Pittsburgh Steelers because we crushed their 11-game win streak two years ago. But, um, yeah, how everyone's like, oh, the Sabres are going to the Cup. 10 games, man. Well, I got to say, you know, everything is nice and spam with the Sabres right now. I got to say, though, they still got, like, a D for me at the trade deadline. Yeah. Hey, yeah. There's, there's two things in, 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 in the NHL. There's asset management and culture. You have to swing one way or another. Like, with Baker Mayfield today, the Browns said they're not going to trade him right now. They were going completely all in asset management instead of culture. If they were doing culture, he would be gone for anything right now. But they're trying to get the most of their assets. Yeah, they're keeping a guy who's there 
that doesn't want to be there. Well, the Sabres, for... the Sabres are the opposite perspective. There was an NHL record 33 trades on the trade. Uh, maybe 32. I might be counting the Danoff trade that got uh, rejected. But R-E-J-E-C-T-E-D, rejected. <laughs> I'm glad you know how to spell <laughs> The only trade that they made was Rabbit Hag for a six-round pick. And, you know, I could get the Anderson, oh, when you goalie. I could get Henestrosa likes being here. Um, I get Eakin, you know, maybe he just doesn't have much value and he's better on the, for the team in the locker room. But keeping Colin Miller, keeping Will Butcher, I don't understand it. This is bad I, I asset agree. management. Here, mm-hmm. Here's the thing. This is what I think. Should you have traded those guys? Yes. I think Miller should have been gone. I think Anderson probably should have been gone. Eakin... I could see why they want to keep him right now. He's obviously our best face-off guy. You see, every time we start in overtime, he's on the ice, takes a draw. What does he do? Goes straight off. Well, it, co- it see... comes down to the fact of, was Kevin Adams so scared of being fleeced, he was okay looking incompetent? I, I, I mean, yeah, that's a good point to bring up. But if you think about it, I agree with you, okay? A lot of those guys should have been gone. But someone like a Henestrosa... You know, he's got 23 points on the year, 11 goals. Um, I think someone like him, he seems like a good player that would want to fit into our team. And he's only 27 years old. So well, there's, there's, I could see him coming back. And he's not an well, overly there's, expensive There's a problem player. with Henestrosa that we'll get to in a second. The other bad thing about keeping the Bills, the Sabres, excuse me. Well, I'm hey, we moved past that. I know. <laughs> silly me. Give, but, it, give it the script, man. But... but the thing about them keeping all those defensemen, they got lucked out that Ryan Johnson, Owen Power, made the Frozen Four and didn't have their collegiate careers end because then they could have came, they could have wanted to come play Buffalo and they're getting blocked by people that are UFAs that you're not going to retain. Uh-huh. The thing of Henestrosa, these are the forwards that the Sabres are committed to next year. Tate Thompson, Alex Tuck, Jeff Skinner, Cousins, Asplid, Olsen, Asterisk. Middle step, we're just going to go by that one here, here folks. Krebs, Gergensen's, Oposo. Now, by my count, that is already 10 forwards. What are you going to do with uh, Quinn and Paterka? And don't, don't the Sabres need another top six forward like a Travis Konechny or Ken Fiala? And don't they need a fourth-line center that could play Eakins' role but better? Where, where are they going to... They're going to have to make some moves within those 10 players, but I don't understand how they're going to keep Henestrosa. I mean... I, yeah, yes. I do there, see where you're coming from, yeah. There are people well, that call so, that... What do you say, Joe? I mean... I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, I really have no idea. I mean, it's just... He wants to be here. And it's like, for the first time ever, they found a decent third-line winger that they've been looking forever. I mean, Seth Griffith used to be the winger. For the Here's the thing. You see, we, we can't just have 12 forwards. You need that 13th forward. And we've already seen that Jack Quinn... Throughout his career so far, has dealt with injuries. Absolutely. And he's, he'll still be a rookie. He's played in one NHL game? Two. Two NHL games. Paterka's played in one NHL game. So, what if you they get a shot, they're not ready, you have to send them back down. Who fills their spot? I think Henestrosa, he's not someone that has to play 82 games. He can be that 13th. But forward. does he want to buy into he's that? He's a dependable guy. But yeah, does he want to buy into that? If, See that if might he be. Wants to be here, I if think he, he would for cultural him. reasons, if he wants to be a part of Buffalo's culture, he will stay. If he's more about the money, I don't think he'll buy into it. I I just think that's the problem right now. That there's a long jab at Ford that they're already coming to. They're already, I think, going to have to move on from at least one of maybe two of the Asplid or Asterisk in your case, 
Olsen and Milstead. Like I think one of those guys already has to kind of they have to move. I already hinted at Olsen, but I think, I think it's Olsen. I think Milstead could also be moved because at least Asplund I could see as a solid bottom six forward. Milstead, I just I don't see any more of him. He's I mean he's had an injury prone season, so maybe that gives him the benefit of the doubt. But I just I don't want Hinnestroza them signing them block those two players from potentially making this roster next year. Yeah, no, that that that's something to think about, but. I just go back to the fact that you can't just have 12 forwards. You need a 13 forward. And, like, I guess you could argue maybe, like, a Rootsalainen could be that 13 forward. I think or he's like out. like, a Brett Murray I think, or someone I think like that. Out. But, like, I think Hinnestros has just shown that, like, hey, like, I kind of want to be here. It seems like it's a good team, a good team for the future. They have a good culture going. It's a young team. I can help kind of develop these younger players. And... Sure, like, I'll be a 13th forward, but I'm still going to get probably 50, 60 games. Like, well, a neg- that's what I see. A negative also, I mean, that's like the long-term negative. The short-term negative, too, is that he's blocking them now. J.J. Yeah. Paterka in 56 games has 52 points. That's Jack AHL. Quinn, Jack Quinn has 31 games and 45 points in the AHL. Like, when do we start rewarding our prospects for playing well? And you can't do that they because should, you kept Henestrosa. They should probably get some NHL time this year. Yeah. Well, well, how will they get that? There's no spots available for them. Send Hinnestrosa down. Just f*** them. Well, you can't... I don't think you can send him down. <laughs> but, I mean... Well, you know what? That's why you put in the explicit. Come on. <laughs> Just let it slip. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Welcome back to the Buffalonian Podcast Sabres Discussion. Uh, we're doing the debate of whose breakout season is more important. Uh, Michael's taking the stance of Rasmus Dahlin and uh, Dom's on Tage Thompson. All right. All right, here, I'll, I'll well, start. T- time out, time out. Let's just put, put this mildly. You got benched for what just happened a couple seconds ago. <laughs> Don't lie to yourself. Let's not hide that fact that we had to take a couple minutes to gather ourselves. <laughs> Right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Please. All right, go. no. Here, I'll start. Hey, okay. that's why there's the explicit content warning in the in the yeah. in the description, folks. Sorry right. about that. All right, I'll start here. So, we have a guy we drafted first overall in 2018. Right? Comes yes, in. He has high expectations right off the bat. He had 44 points as a rookie. That's you know that's pretty good. He was 18 years old, coming into a a league where you know offensive defensemen take time. It takes time for them to develop. So. Um, we go into year two, okay? This is the, um, Ralph Kruger, first year of Ralph Kruger. I think it did hurt him. Like, Housley first year was probably one of the best coaches he could have had, because that's what Phil Housley was. An offensive defenseman. Exactly, and that's what Darlene is going to be. So, you know, you look at year two, he had 40 points in 59 games. Is this Ralph? Yes. We got neutered. Yeah. So, So, we go into year three. The COVID year, just an ugly year. He had 23 Gotta love when points, coaches get neutered. <laughs> 23 points through 56 games. Just not it. This year, he has 43 points through 65 games, including nine goals. Leads the team in assists. He's on pace for a career year. Him, not only as an offensive threat, but his improvement in the D zone has just made such a difference. Like, you just look at his defense, it's been so, so much better. And it's not like he's been with the same partner the entire season. Absolutely. He's been playing with the Bryson. He's been playing with the Yoki Haru. I think for a little bit he was paired with Pezik. Mm-hmm. So I think just his overall game, from a forward offensive standpoint, 
to his defensive game has just been vital to this team's development. And another thing, I know you love this, but grit. You can see that his grit has gotten. I love me some grits. He's only twenty-one years old. Knock off Jesus. And he's already got an A on the sweater. When yeah, you know, and very good point. There. He's just showing that he'll do anything for his teammates. Okay, so I would also like to point out he put he really he's that culture guy you want on the Sabres. Well, you know. Okay, I agree with a lot of things you said, but without a doubt, the answer to this question is Tage Thompson. Okay, reason number one. If I told you the Sabres before the season were going to trade Raz Stellin, what do you think you would fetch? A defenseman that was averaging on pace 40-45 points a season and can power play at your quarterback, good offensive defenseman. What would he get? For Darlene? Right now, before the, last, before the season. Probably, you probably would have gotten a first-round pick for him. Probably, probably a first-round pick, or you could have got a top-six forward. Yeah. Okay. Now, before the season, if I told you to trade, trade Thompson, how, what do you think would you get from him? Trade 20, Thompson? He would average 20 points a season over an 82-game season. How much would you think we get of him? Probably a mid to late-round selection. And that's being generous? Yes. Okay, now what do you think you would get for them? Tage? Yeah. I would still say a mid, higher mid-round pick. I don't think he'd be oh, worth that first-round pick yet. He's a 6'6 six, six forward. He now has 51 points in 63 games, which is about a .8 per game basis. He has 23... He doesn't have 23 goals. He has 28 goals. 28 goals. 23 He leads the Sabres in goals above replacement. Yes. The lead, he's been the best player on the Sabres right now. I'm not denying that. Okay, no, who's second been, lowest? Who's second lowest in that total? Who's second? It's been who's one second year. lowest in that total? I'm not uh, sure. Rasmus Dahlin. Now, Grant, I will say in the beginning of the year, Rasmus Dahlin struggled. His his most uh, partner that has been played with this year has been Yuki Haru. He's been terrible, so I'll give him a pass on that. But there's no doubt about it that Thompson was a change to center. Don Granado said, "You are six foot seven. It does not make you a power forward. That's what Ralph Kruger wanted him to be. <laughs> he wanted him to carry the puck in and shoot. That's his best asset. Use your length, retrieve pucks, transition game. Able to do that. I think that is a lot. I think what his game has done this year is repeatable. I will say this. Him working on his release has been great. Like It's really helped him become a better goal scorer, better even just playmaker in general. That release is really just improved. Yes. Well, and there's also two other reasons why Thompson's more important than Dowling this year. Reason number one is he has taken the reins as the number one center, which has now allowed them to shelter the younger players this season. Dylan Cousins can play the second-line center role. Payne Krabs doesn't have to play center right now. He, has, he can play on wing like a Cousins. When Quinn, I know Quinn's kind of like a center winger. When he comes up, he can play the wing because they have Tate Thompson at center. Mm-hmm. Another reason is, center is a more valuable position than left shot defenseman. Especially in the Sabres organization, when you have Tia Samuelson, you have Ryan Johnson, you have Prospects, not to mention you have Owen Power, who is going to be a super-duper star. And you could always find a left shot defenseman that's a good, solid third pairing. Robert Hag, they just got him thrown in first line. They just got Will Butcher for basically for nothing. You can't find a top-six center just everywhere. You can't find a good center just everywhere. The Sabres have not been able to find that. Also, his development... Is now a complete confidence to the rest of the team that they who's the next person that's going to take the Tage jump next year? Is it going to be Cousins? He mm-hmm. now the organization has that belief now that their plan is working because of what happened to Tage Thompson, the changes that he's made in his game, which he deserves a lot of credit for, and the organization. I'll say this: I'm not discrediting Tage Thompson's season. He's been probably the best player on the team, but it's also only been one season Absolutely. of this productivity. If he can do something like this next year then I think I'm agreeing with you.
But Dalian, I think, just over his career got so much hate. I think unnecessary hate because it seems like we forget that he's <laughs> that he's just nineteen years old, eighteen years old. You know, you know he reminds me of Joe. Old. You know he reminds me of Joe. Tremaine Evans. Tremaine, don't even get me started on that guy. I, I we forget we're on that the Bills. He's so young. We're not on the Bills. That's All for right? next time. You no, look I keep at, forgetting that. Mm-hmm. Look at look at this. Tate Thompson's twenty four years old. Okay. Yeah. And he's honing into his game at 24. Yeah. So how come Rasmus Dahlin got so much criticism as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old? Because Jack built, Eichel was What was he built up to doing, be? What? I know they're different positions, but Jack Eichel was a superstar. But I'm just saying, how could someone that young get so much hate when they're not even fully developed? Because of what he was built up to be. He's supposed to be a generation defenseman. He has not been the generation defenseman people thought he was. Like he's Tremaine. still a good defenseman. He's Lorenzo Alexander was a deadbeat. Well, not deadbeat. He was an old dude. You know what I mean? And he was doing better than Tremaine. Listen, Darlene in the future is going to be the top four defenseman on this team. But Tage Thompson becoming a top six center will become important right now for what they're doing. And down the trickle-down effect of what's going to happen with Cousins, what's going to happen with Krebs, what's going to happen with Quinn. Trickle-down doesn't work, people. okay? I'm just, I'm just saying, we see that Thompson's 24, and we see how well he's playing. We see Darlene's 21. By the time he's 24, he could be a 60-point defenseman. Absolutely. With better players in front of him? Absolutely. But the fact is, Tate Thompson's been the best player on the team. I expect him to be repeatable. He's helped the organization. No doubt. Both yeah. have been important. Yeah. This season and the future of the Buffalo I think you got to give credit to Granado. Absolutely. And the organization. Don Granado's the real hero. That's all I have to say. And with that, we will be right back moving into the March Madness Brackets. Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. Um, if you are interested, feel free to follow us on Instagram at buffalonian underscore pod and um, DM us any information. And our email is also in the description as well for any business hearings. Um, and also, if you're just listening and would like to comment or ask questions or have us talk about something, a topic on the next show, feel free to DM us and uh, let us know. And if it fits in with the next episode, we will for sure get to it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, folks. Um, well, we have now done our segments on the Bills and Sabres, so we have now do our other segment about just a world topic, a world topic, a topic outside of Buffalo. Even well, though, not really, though. There were quite a few games here this year. Didn't it was you awesome. Work the games? Didn't I see you at the I games, too? I think I saw you there. I, think I you have a sign to prove it, unfortunately. You gotta love yeah. that. The, you, IT, the IT guy is right you now. You did get a towel that I didn't get, so... Hey, shh, sh- I acquired that towel. <laughs> Dude, I just go. I went down and licked up the sweat of half the players. That's all. Oh, I whoa, that was whoa. very cute. <laughs> well, March Madness, baby. It's the Final Four. It's here. It's in New Orleans, and no one I picked in the Final Four. The is Peacocks the are out. They're out. More on that later. Yes. Well, my bracket was absolutely horrific. A little teaser there. <laughs> uh, went over four in the Final Four, and went. I believe I don't even think I got an Elite Eight. So, yeah. That's just, you know, finishing last in your pool and just having to cough up 10 bucks is always a lot of fun. But let's talk about those peacocks. What an amazing run. It, what an granted, amazing run. it's not the, the end I hoped for, which I'll get into more on that. Uh, but you can't argue the fact that it's a, you know, the first time a seed higher than 12 has made it to the Elite Eight. Yes, sir. Like, how... how it's the first time a Max school has even that's made the right. Sweet Sixteen. No. Has even made the Sweet won 16. one round. Absolutely. I mean, it's... Has made the Sweet Sixteen first time ever. It honestly... 
is a cool thing to see because the school is so small that they don't Compared even have logos on their yes jersey their well, their jump see, shoots. I might have some bias because I go to a Mac school. So do I. So yeah, I go to a D three. You know, there was a there was a bomb threat in a there sense, two two days ago. In a sense, were we really rooting for them? Like that's a rival. That's a rival school. But I, I was time, rooting. We were rooting for them because they were the Cinderella. Look back at Chicago Loyola. Or Lyola, Chicago. <laughs> Lyola. <laughs> Look like you yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Look like you those backwards. Well, that North Carolina-St. Peter's game, the combined seeding between those two teams was 23. That's the highest ever in Elite Eight matchup. And the combined seeding of the eight teams was 47. That is seven higher than the previous record. I mean, it's just insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know most of it's weighted because of that 23, but also the University of Miami makes their first Elite Eight. Mike, I know this is going to be sad for you to hear. Yeah. Well, there's about, like, I believe four D1 schools that have never made the Elite Eight. <laughs> One of them is a team that you, you're dear and love. Yeah. Texas A&M. Just, it's just hard. It, it's it's tough. A, was it hard for you to see that? You know, you know, we're a supporter of Texas A&M, the Aggies. We'll always like them. But, you know what? Their time will come. I mean, they've been close. They made two Sweet 16s in the last couple of years. So. Hey, look at their football team. Yeah, is uh, Calzada still there? Uh, no, Calzada transferred. But your, your buddy. Hey, hey, we got Max Johnson. Haynes King's coming back. Yeah, how, how many we games did he win LSU? How many win did, How many games did he win in LSU? Uh, we're not gonna talk about that. Yeah, crickets. Uh, well, let's not talk about my bracket anymore in the lead eight. Let's talk about the final fours coming up, gentlemen. Saturday we got Candace Nova and then N- North Carolina and Duke. For the first time ever, these great, the, probably the greatest rival in college basketball, maybe in all of sports, is facing off in March Madness. And it happens to be in the Final Four. And it could be Coach K's last game. That's what I was just going to say. What a, what a finale for him. It's got to be, I mean, it might not even be a finale. Are he you might, rooting for Duke? I am. I am. I, wanna, I, I like the feel-good story. You know what I mean? And I, I, want, I, want, I want the coach to get a good last game. You know what I mean? Like, last couple time, games, hopefully. Most wins ever? Yeah. He's got to put a... Nice little pin in the career, I think. He's Did gotta... anyone really think Duke was making the Final Four? No. no. Well, they're in the Gonzaga's region. I had Duke losing in the Sweet 16 to Texas I didn't pick Tech. Gonzaga to go far. I mean, that was... That well, was... they always choke. Yeah, the they... they... Of... <laughs> Absolutely I think, I think I might have picked Gonzaga to win it all. I, I, I also did that. I picked the loser's bracket, and hey. my Final Four was every 16 seed. Yeah. And, you know, almost lined up with the 15 seed. Almost. Yeah. Close, but no cigar. Yeah. And the other game, Candace Nova. Another, I know Cara, Carolina and Duke is big blue buds. Candace is big blue bud. Nova is becoming a blue bud. They've won two titles in the last, like, five or six years. And Give credit to Jay Wright. And, I, I, I mean, we might have to be betting Nova because the last two times Nova won in 16 and 18, they beat Candace on the way to the championship. They beat <laughs> Candace in the lead A in 2016, and they beat Candace in the final four, the same round we were currently in 2018. They beat him by 16 points. Yeah. And that was way more than that. So, I don't know, man. Is so, this what's be the your prediction title? for the national championship? Well, Nova lost Justin Moore, unfortunately, to the Achilles injury right at the end of that game against Houston lead eight. So, as I said all that stuff about Nova, I'm picking Candace, and I'm picking <laughs> Duke. And I'm picking Duke to win it all. I, I'm on the Coach K. I'm, I'm on the Coach K bandwagon. I'm right with you. I think Duke's going to take the, the championship. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I. I, I oh, we're all just going to be together. I guess so. <laughs> we're going to go down the boat together. No, I, I don't think we're going down. Takes. Yeah. Huh? 
We'll get a freezing cold takes after this. Yeah, we might have to expose right. ourselves next week when we all said we had the same. We'll just yeah. go 0 2 want to be Nova, North Carolina. Yeah. Which right. would be a rematch of the championship game, I believe, in 2016 that Nova won at the buzzer. So, a lot of different outcomes coming in this Final Four. Just. You gotta love college basketball, man. Yeah, Never man. know what's gonna happen. March yeah. Madness. Crazy. Especially being front hand at those games in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. The pans intensity. Every call going their way, they're screaming. Yeah. They're like Joe, they're saying the F bomb. Like I know. They just can't control themselves. <laughs> I know. Well act is self control. Self control. Alright, we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Buffalonian Podcast. We are exposing our hot takes, believe it or not, and we are going to start out with Dominic. So, Dom, what what hot take would you like to bring to light? I didn't have, it involves a certain number 23 on the Sabres. Uh, not Sam Reinhardt anymore. Uh, Sadly. Mat- love Sam. R.I.P. for Mooch. Uh, Matias Samuelson. I thought he was a complete bust. The Sabres picked him 32nd overall in the Rasmus Nalin draft which I think is, believe is 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is h- high ceiling forwards on the board. I thought the Sabres really needed to use that. They use it on a low ceiling defenseman in Samuelson. And I guess context is key. I said this take right after development camp, which me and uh, this Michael gentleman that's uh, to my left went to and nearly locked ourselves in the stairwell, but that's a story for another time. Uh, I was, you know, just seeing him in one-on-one drills get blown by by Devontae Stevens. And if any of you guys don't know who Devontae Stevens is, uh, you're right to do that because he's a nobody and he got traded for like a seventh round pick by the Sabres. Hmm. So, I thought he was bad, but I'll, you know, I'll expose myself. I was wrong. He is, hockey IQ is outstanding. Rasmus Dalene said it best, Matias Samuelson's stick is like a cobra. It's just so long. You can break up any pass. He's done a very good job stopping rushing, stop rushes against him. And he's made Ryan Johnson, the Minnesota defenseman for the Sabres, uh, who's in college, expendable to me that he could be traded. So I was definitely wrong. He definitely has a future on this team. My only question is, is he a bottom pair guy on the good team? How high does his floor go? How high does his ceiling go is the big thing. Because his floor right now is with the Buffalo Sabres in some capacity. So, yeah, um, for me, it's also, also Buffalo Sabres related. Um, it goes back to the Jack Eichel trade. So when we traded Eichel, we got Alex Tuck, we got Peyton Krabs, and we got a first and a second round pick. When we got... A protected first round pick. Top 10 protected first round pick. When we got Alex Tuck, he was like the main <laughs> roster player at the time we were getting returned. When I first saw it, I was like, you know, is Alex Tuck, you know, is he really a top line forward like Eichel was? You know, is he more of a middle middle six forward, like, is he a top six guy? So, you know, I had my doubts around that. And I thought, you know, he'll be good, he'll be decent, but I don't think he's going to be a top-line player. Well, you know, I'm glad I was wrong. Very glad. Cause he has yeah, shown, Tuck is electric. He's mm-hmm. shown that not only is he a top-line player... But he's taking the seat He's the cousin. future yeah, of the team. He can yeah. be a future captain of this yeah, team. Yeah, he's the Just future of the team. The heart he has for this team, the fact that he wants to be here, that he's he's from Syracuse, so he's not even that far away. Like, this was the team he grew up rooting for. Right, it's like, his home home team. I'm glad that I was wrong in saying that... I it was his homecoming, really, coming to Buffalo. Yes, mm-hmm. and he's just been so good for this team, so good for the future. He brings such a good energy, too. He's yeah. the same age as Eichel and half the price. 
And right. and you have Krebs. Three times the character prospect. as well. Solid prospect exactly. in Krebs. That first round pick's looking up with Vegas just falling apart. Second round pick's also not Yeah, because Eichel went there. Every mm-hmm. team he's on seems to fall hey, apart. they're one point ahead of Dallas for that eighth seed. And they have a bunch of games. But Dallas is four games yeah. ahead. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Joseph, I'm, that leads back to you, buddy. All right, unfortunately, it's that time. Uh I may or may not have had St. Peter's going all the way and winning out. Um, might have lost a considerable, considerable... Over 100? Mm, about 100, I would say. Not, I th- you know, for me right now, as a broke college student, seems like a lot, you know. But the ratio is more than 100. Yeah, exactly. Like, to me, it's about a grand, I would say. You know what I mean? But I thought he could do it. You know, the mustache man? You know, you know what I'm Doug? talking about? Doug, yeah. The, that guy's electric, you know what I mean? The hype man, bro! You know what I mean? The whole time, just going nuts. And I just, I wanted it so bad. I wanted it to happen. I wanted the Cinderella story. But as we said, sometimes the shoe doesn't it strikes, fit. It strikes midnight. Mm-hmm. And the shoe doesn't fit the foot. The fat foot with cankles, man. It did not work. Unfortunately, not for you. North Carolina had an impressive performance, though. So. Yeah, they did. I'm very surprised. I mean... Even just, I think it's a feat them making it that far. That's how I'm taking it. I may be out money, but it was a great thing to it see. It was in a, for a good cause. Exactly, exactly, right. So I guess the big question is... Will they be back? Well, will they get back, and which one of us had the worst take? Right. Um, I think know. I did. I think, I, I mean, honestly, Let I'm going to go know. with this. I lost money. So I, I think, yeah, I think I that... <laughs> I think mine was pretty justified at the time, even though Michael was a big Matias Samuelson fan. I think Michaels was also pretty justified at the time because Alex Tuck was, had shoulder surgery, and I don't think he played till January. Joe, yours is a... Uh, Fresh wound. You had quite the gamble, my friend, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, let us know. Uh, follow us at the Buffalonian Pod on Instagram, Buffalonian yeah. underscore pod. Send us a DM and let us know what you think, and we'll talk about it next week. We got one more thing for you guys. We'll be right back. Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. Um, if you are interested... Feel free to follow us on Instagram at buffalonian underscore pod and um, DM us any information. And our email is also in the description as well for any business hearings. Um, And also, if you're just listening and would like to comment or ask questions or have us talk about something, a topic on the next show, feel free to DM us and uh, let us know. And if it fits in with the next episode, we will for sure get to it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome back, everybody. So as we close the show today, you know, it was our first one. I think overall it's going to be a learning experience, but I think we were pretty solid. Yeah, I mean... I tried to hype ourselves up too much. I tried to hype ourselves Only one F-bomb was dropped, and it was yeah. by me. So, I mean, it's pretty good. Pretty and good. it was about in the name of Vinny Hanstroza, so... So... Right. Yes, yes, even better. Not Tremaine. No, 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 yeah. Tremaine's my, my enemy. So I think we're going to get into some traditions here to end the show, and I would like to spearhead this. Okay. For you two to test your sports knowledge, and it's going to be a little trivia segment. Oh, Jesus. So my I think competitive genes is, are flowing right now. At yeah. the end of every show, I'm going to do some trivia. I have three questions for you guys. This so is covered... where the explicit warning becomes something, <laughs> something nice. We covered three topics: we covered Sabers, we covered Bills, and we covered NCAA. So one question per topic. Okay. Okay. So we talked about the Bills first. Bills will be the first question. Um, just for the sake of it, whoever comes up with it first, because we're going to try to keep a record, 
of how good you guys do winning getting it correct or getting it wrong all right so we'll we'll i'm on the losing end right now i'm calling it i'll give you both a chance to answer it and then i'll let you know who's right okay Okay. but if someone's wrong if you're both wrong do we get like a hint uh yeah sure you can get it and and when after he says the trivia question pause the podcast and think about yourself before you get our responses Mm -hmm. yeah this man look at this man always thinking first part I'm i'm on it i'm sharp all right if only the people could see me right now. You know, I got my little index card. I feel like a host. I feel like a television Aaron Rodgers host. hosting Jeopardy here, everyone. <laughs> uh, man, I don't, I don't have the hair of Aaron Rodgers. Like, I actually, hopefully I look like I take a shower. So. <laughs> That's debatable. All right. Question. Let's go. I, cra- I, have- I cracked up Aaron, guys. All right. All right. First question. What year did Highmark Stadium open? 2018? Like the stadium or the, the name? No, it's... not the name. The stadium. Uh, the actual stadium. Oh, the whole stadium. Yes. I thought you meant the no, name. No, 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 not oh. the name. The actual stadium. 1963. Joseph? Can you get a hint? No, it was, an it was Rich Stadium before. Was it 2018? Hang on, hang on. Hang on. No. Th- that's not I, a When <laughs> Highmark Stadium opened. Okay. Uh, I'd say 60, 61. 1961. Okay. You guys are close. It's a correct era. But you're about a decade too early. 73. 72. Joe's right. 1973. Let's go. If you remember, in the 1960s, they played actually the Rock Pile. The Rock Pile, yes. Before then, Rich Stadium turned into Ralph Wilson, turned into New Era, turned into Highmark. Yes, and it will be Highmark for the foreseeable future. All right. So now we'll go into question two. This one might be a little bit of a head-scratcher, but I think you guys can get it. Okay? I don't know. I thought the last question was pretty hard. So we're going to the Buffalo Sabres here. Yeah, this is, I'm going to lose this one. All right. <laughs> Who has the highest point-per-game rate in Sabres franchise Cal history? Cal LaFontaine. I, I have no, no comment. I have no, no idea. No comment? No idea. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. Patrick LaFontaine. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Do, do uh, extra bonus points know what it was? 1.35. One point four four. Oh, he was close. He was. Close. I feel like I get a half a point for that. I, uh, I was about a tenth of a point. All right, so it's one one. one. This is the tiebreaker. Oh, man. It's an NCAA question. The pressure. What school was the lowest seed to ever win March Madness? What was their seed in what year? Villanova was a nine seed in nineteen eighty five to beat Georgetown, or did they ever an eight? One of those two. I got nothing. I'm gonna be one hundred percent honest. What with you. was it? You got to have an answer. Eight. They were an eight seed. Anything? No. He's right. Yeah. They, I know. Patrick, I knew he was right. Game. No, I knew he was right. Like, there's no way. Yep. There's no way. He's got it was, locked I, in. I was this close to mentioning that, that sad on the pod. Wow. We that would have been the, the prelude to the trivia here. So yeah. it was two to one. So it looks like I might need to find a little bit tougher questions for Dom. Well, I don't know. That Bills one stumped the, Yeah, the me. Bills one, I mean, that stumped both I of us. I thought that might have been the easiest one. But, like, no, that was me personally, one. I'm more of a football guy. So, okay. like, the football questions I'm better with. The hockey and NCAA, though? Like the that, world questions. Well, yeah, the world next, questions are tough. Yeah, well, if we cover, you know, the Masters next week, you already know what that third question is. Oh, I could. Yeah, that's different. Golf is golf. easy. Golf. Like, I'm good oh, with golf's that. Golf's easy. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, you heard it here. He said it. Golf is easy. I'll yeah. do my research. better get the that, point. That's going to be on next week's pod of bad freezing takes. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the Buffalonian podcast, and we hope you enjoy it. And we're uh, we're just starting up, so any suggestions you have for us, just shoot us a DM and let us know. But thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Let's go, Bills.
Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bill.